right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Innovation Crush. Take two. Um, <laughs> to my right is a uh, lovely, lovely, lovely co-host by the name of Mordecai. Say hello, Mordecai. Hello. No, say hello, Mordecai. That would be awkward. <laughs> It'd be like The Rock. I talk to myself in third person mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, especially when I'm feeling sad. Um, I'm ah. quite happy. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but give us the, the abbreviated one-on-one on who you are, what you do, what you like, all that, all that good stuff. Um, what I do is I consult and I manage brands and entertainment properties and creatives. Yes. Um, and help them all work together. So if you're a brand, I help you work with entertainment people and creatives. And if you're a creative, I help you work in entertainment and with brands. I'm both. Can you help me work with myself? Sure thing. Awesome. Um, so well, thank you for joining us today. Glad you could be a part of the, the show. Uh, across from me is another lovely woman. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Joan? And I would love to, you know, just hear the one-on-one on you as well and what you're doing with Cinemagic and, you know, and why are you, why are you here today? Sure. Um, my name is Joan Bernie Keatings. I am from Northern Ireland. Um, I run a film and television festival called Cinemagic. So our, the aim and objective of our charity is to educate, inspire and motivate young people. So we work with 35,000 young people on average per year. And this week we have a number of young people from Belfast, young filmmakers, um, running around LA going absolutely crazy as they go <laughs> and promote their film to all of the studios and to lots of schools throughout LA. And we team our young people up with, say, lots of schools in Los Angeles. And they do a lot of filmmaking workshops and acting workshops and directing workshops. That's awesome. I've just left them there. They're all in E running around at the moment having a ball. <laughs> so they're having the time of their lives. So that's why we're here this week. That's great. Don't lose any of them. Just, no, that's my I'll only advice. To. Okay, great. Uh, and to my left is a gentleman by the name of Naveen Govind, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm terrible with pronunciation sometimes, but you and I have had some really amazing conversations, and you're in a very, very different industry. Um, you want to give us a little bit of one-on-one on uh, eventing and and uh, what you're doing with that company? Sure, great to be here. So we we are part don't, of don't um, don't don't speak so fast. You don't know if it's great to be here or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, c- compared to. Um, uh, you know, the entertainment or the media industry, we are uh, in the health technology industry. Right. And uh, we work uh, inside of hospitals with uh, doctors who uh, predominantly take care of uh, patients that have chronic ailments, such right. as heart failure. And we equip them, uh, meaning the patients, with uh, some very specific uh, technologies using mobile-type uh, devices. Right. Uh, some sensors that I have here. You got it. You got it all laid out. Yeah, this I got is it all like, laid out. It's just very exciting stuff. You know, when the lights start to blink. And, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're not going to have any kind of radiation issues. Absolutely are we? not. No, okay. I think I think we're we are all FDA approved. So <laughs> we're in good hands. Uh, so um, yeah, so we um, have been doing this for um, a few years now, uh, working um, very specifically with some hospitals uh, where we are embedded along with our staff, mostly made up of. Uh, uh, MDs and senior technologists that bring a lot of these uh, uh, different pieces together. Right. Uh, this is great. Uh, you know, one of the things w- when I first started thinking about what our conversation was going to be like, <laughs> um, and, and uh, one of the first things that came to mind, I think that we can all relate to, is this idea of storytelling, right? It's you, you, Joan, in the literal sense, mm-hmm. and Naveen, I think, with, you know, even with all the devices and the companies you work with, is telling the story of your accomplishments and the things that are doing so you can keep the momentum going. Um, you know, how, uh, how do you guys go about telling the story, you know, of your organizations and, and keeping the momentum going? 
Well, I'll kind of take that from two levels. Yes. If, whenever we work with so many young people from different cultures and different communities and they want to tell stories, it's really interesting to see how, how that the dynamic can work because everyone's coming from different backgrounds and um, different ideas. But we usually find whenever we bring young people from different communities and, and different countries together, they're all so passionate and they all realise how much they share in common. So usually by the end of the second day, if we're doing a short film together, we realise that we've worked up what the film's going to be. In terms of Cinemagic, getting the narrative right about an organisation and, and trying to keep it simple. And so often you, when you're with, in an organisation, you know it inside out. So you're kind of talking about it every day and then some people go, what do you really do? What did you say? <laughs> what, what does that really mean? Right. Um, so it is difficult to get, and it's something you just kind of constantly need to redefine. Right. I think is, is your mission statement and your purpose, and um, and especially when you're targeting so many different audiences. Right. No, I, and I, I think you know it's interesting because you know even as something as simple as filmmaking, right? You still have a different story within that realm, you know, of, sure. of what you're doing and and to garner that support, and you know, and I think it's the same thing for you. Like you, you have such a diverse, you know, portfolio of offerings, and when you walk into a room, especially when you're talking about technology and healthcare, for a lot of people, it's probably over over their head. So, how do you go about telling the uh, the, the event in story when when you walk into a room? Yeah, you, you know, um, even though we are in a different industry, so to speak, it it's kind of weird that it's all very interrelated now. We live in a somewhat of a very connected world. So even even from a technology perspective, so let's say we uh, we are working with heart failure patients, and a lot of the uh, the it, the methods which we have to engage patients uh, it involve a lot of people actions. Right. So part of that meaning that the the clinician has to work with the patient, and to engage them, they have to have uh, some sense of um, uh, a skin in the game. And and part of what we do is to give them access to these type of uh, mobile devices with some very engaging tools that uh, let the patient know that if they're taking their weight or their blood pressure vital signs, for example, right. they're doing it for a very specific reason because they know that over a week, things can change. Right. And if they're seeing the change, then it's it's a pretty big deal because they start to understand that maybe if I'm uh, having a, a, a cigarette or if I'm overindulging um, yeah, chocolate a cake for me chocolate cake <laughs> sugar right, right. Uh, your blood pressure might be going up you could get high, hypertensive and right. then you're on meds um, that that may not be part of your regimen but but you may need to control uh, a part of your uh, body composition in a, in a different way right so part of that, uh, requires a lot of engagement, and uh, we do that now uh, through a lot of these different types of uh, technology components that we can bring together right. that are very personalized. So for uh, what we provide for a 70-year-old uh, patient, maybe something very different to a, a, ki a, a kid who has uh, type 1 diabetes. Right. Uh, so uh, it could be a very cool... Uh, uh, gaming type of application that we would have, uh, you know, during Halloween we had a release of a application that if they were compliant by taking their blood glucose readings, which means that uh, uh, pricking your skin, drawing your blood, and going through the process yeah. of uh, you know uh, checking your blood sugar levels, that the more um, 
uh, you complied, you you had a, a a jug that was filling up with blood, kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of appeals right. to a lot of the uh, male uh, kids that uh, like to uh, uh, sort of see some uh, sort of gamification, right, as part of their uh, maintaining their health. No, I mean it's it's important, and it's a really good perspective just in terms of that ability to to create experiences and not just the technology, right? right? right. Um, and I think for both of you, you know, kind of a thread a thread I see is this idea of empowerment, mm-hmm. right? You're like you're empowering young filmmakers to tell their stories and you're empowering everyone to sort of take their health into their own hands, you know? Um, just for, for either of you, you know, what, why is that important to you as, as an individual, right? Like you've taken this on as sort of your life's work, you know, to empower these people. And there's, a, there's, a, there's ups and downs, right? You know, um, even from the health side, like I think it can easily be abused or somebody can be overly, mm-hmm. you know, concerned with it. Or even from a filmmaking, you know, you can overthink a story like very easily. Um, so how do you, you know, I, I guess I'll go back to the original part of the question, which is, um, why is the empowerment piece of what you do, you know, how does that take, take uh, how does it play out in what you do? Well, for me personally, it's the most important thing. Uh, and it's what personally would drive me. When you are able to empower young people to believe in themselves and to try something they've never tried before and to develop confidence and to see there's an alternative path in life. Because not every child is academic at school. So if you're not the most academic person, how do you know what you're good at? So what we try to do is, is to, to break down barriers and to really empower young people to, 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 to see what skills they have right. and to really nurture that. So you know, here in LA, LA this week, and we see some of our young people and, and how far they've come and the journeys they've come, it is by far the most rewarding thing of any job. I think there's other parts of my job wouldn't be as much rewarding, but <laughs> certainly empowerment has probably got to be the biggest thing and certainly the thing that drives me. That's great. Yeah, uh, I, I I totally agree with the uh, the personal personalization. You know, every everyone's story is very personal. Uh, for for me particularly, uh, this is my third company that I've been uh, involved with, and um, uh, the the personal story started for me as a technologist working in health. Um, uh, it's it's mostly because of a couple of uh, what I would consider life changing events that that happened uh, during the course of my growing up. Uh, in the early 90s, I, I, I was working for um, uh, a company called Intel, and it was run by... Um, uh, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, very... Tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> small, small. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, uh, Andy Grove used to be the CEO of the company at that time, and, and um, during one of the um, meetings that, that we were a part of, he, I, I recall him talking about healthcare being the... The, the, the next big challenge or, or, or the domain that the technology industry would have to focus on right. uh, just because of a lot of the, the elements used in healthcare were uh, very, uh, should, should I say, dinosaurish <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. c- compared to the financial industry that was going through a transition moving to more electronic formats and so on. Uh, th- that sort of stuck in my head and uh, uh, my brother being a cardiologist uh, uh, helped fuel that uh, as as I uh, sort of uh, um, progressed through being a technologist, sure. working at Intel, and then moving uh, to to different domains uh, within the technology industry, so uh, when when I decided to do something on my own, this this was always something that I wanted to do, and um, uh, I, I I did get some very specific uh, feedback and advice when I started on it because healthcare. Uh, I was advised by, of course, my brother saying that, um, you know, it's an ocean. You could yeah. get lost in it. Uh, so if you're not 
focused enough to understand what you're going to do in the space and uh, have the nuts and bolts or in, in this ocean have the right ship right. to sail in uh, different types of waters, uh, you, you, could, you could fail miserably. Right. And uh, over the course of the years, I've seen many of those sort of uh, storylines come true. And our focus has been uh, very much along um, the lines of trying to connect patients and clinicians with good technology. And innovation is a part of that. So right. we kind of stitch that story in. And uh, keeping that focus uh, has definitely helped us survive some really uh, uh Tough times, right? And uh, you know, we we live to talk about it. We've been around the block a few times, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, that's that's part of the personalization of, uh, I guess, every entrepreneur that starts a company and 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 survives to talk about it. Right. No, and it's also you know when I even when I look at Cinemagic, right, and you, Jonah, as sort of a, an entrepreneur, if you will, kind of taking this movement around the world. And there are waters to literally to to be crossed, um, and there's this idea of collaboration. Just you know, what are some of the? And this is for both of you. One thing I wanted to make sure I touched on is is the fact that you're both Brit Week Business Innovation Award winners. So congratulations Thank to you, you both. Nice. Thank you. And that was you. you know I I like this idea of sort of a mashup conversation around collaboration is sure. another big piece of it. Um, you know when you talk about Intel and a, a doctor it was your brother and a cardiologist and having these different perspectives collected as you are on your journey right and you're dealing with kids with very different experiences and different access to technologies mm -hmm. and their stories that come out are all very different mm -hmm. and you're going to get advice along the way so um, just talk a little bit about the the spirit of collaboration that that's necessary for you not just like it's good to have right it's a, it's a necessary lifeblood for for what you're doing well for sure and i think for any organization to grow you know you need to collaborate um and to learn from other organizations but literally cinemagic started 25 years ago in belfast and it was very much a, a small festival then um which which aim was to bring young people from different communities together. Um, I got involved 13 years ago, and I was very keen to see if we could expand Cinemagic to America. And when I came over here five years ago, I was on my own, and we had no funding, and we had no sponsors, and I didn't know anyone. And, and LA being so fast, it was just like, how can we make this happen? How can we connect young people here? How do we get access into the, the education system? Right. And how do you penetrate somewhere where it, like this is it's oversaturated in a sense, right? Yeah. When you and think what about filmmaking. We, and what can we bring that's different? And um, but. I was just really, really fortunate that I just met some really kind people along the way. And we went, yes, we get this. We, we totally get this. This has been an amazing opportunity for our schools to get involved, for the studios to get involved. And I think what we have found, especially in America, people have been so gracious and so kind because they're so they're just of a very generous spirit. And if you are very specific in what you ask, right. they will help. And it's you know, only because of your accent, though. You know, <laughs> no, you know that, right? But you know, these kids are so hungry to know exactly how you've got your job. Right. How you've done it, so they just want to absorb everything. So when you ask people for the most, I suppose the most special thing they have, and that is their time, right. they can be gracious enough to give you their time. So from that, we've been able to, to build relationships with all of the studios and, as I said, numerous partners, both in in New York and LA and in Dublin, and we're opening London next month. Um, and then from that, then you start to realize, okay, how can we market stuff together? How can we make this an even better program? What else can we bring to the table? Right. Because no one person, no one organization can do it all by themselves. And certainly with, with the charity, we've got limited resources. Right. 
So we just keep coming up with the big ideas and then just being just so blessed that we find the right partners who can help bring it together. You get some of this medical device money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's a good collaboration right there. I told there you it was important. It's changing lives. It's lives. Yeah. What kind of you know, what kind of stories are the kids telling, right? Are they are these documentary type films? Are they scripted and creative? Are they animation, claymation, you know? Everything. Okay, so this week we have um, a group of young filmmakers who came over and they made a film which is about a young girl from Belfast whose father was very domestically violent to her mother and this young kid had either an opportunity to either go down the, the avenue of drinking drugs with her friends or to challenge her energies into sport so the young girl learned to box as a way to deal with the frustration at home and a way of empowerment right. and it's her journey and how she came along so it was a very hard hitting issue it was a story that was very hard to tell and we had to be very sensitive with, but something the young people felt so, you know, just so challenged to do and do in the right way because so many people have been affected by domestic violence, you know, bullying at school. It yeah. just, there's so much it covers. Um, so that's kind of the story there t- that we're promoting this week. Um, in New York, we go out in May and we will be taking six, uh, in Northern Ireland, referred to as special schools. And those are children with all types of physical and learning abilities. Mm. And we team them up with other schools in New York and those kids make an animation in a day. And it is really, it would break your heart and wow. it's, it's, it's really incredible. But that's that's the, bring young people together from different backgrounds in the creative industry Then you just see right. how things really start to work. And We had a, we had a woman on a while back, uh, Melissa June Rowley, who did a, she's doing a documentary on kids who are like, Highly advanced when it comes to STEM education, right? And where she dubbed it STEAM because she is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Sure. Uh, and I guess for both of you, you know, when you look at like Jake Andreka, right, who's a kid who developed the pancreatic cancer detect- de- detection platform um, through, you know, his, his own doings, like, you know, uh, do you feel like education is keeping up with where kids are going? today and what what the what their opportunities are with technology or with storytelling and like you said there's they're learning a little bit differently than how you and I learned Um, and you know do you think that there's a a big divide between you know what kids are learning now and what skills are going to be useful later on my biggest worry always is when you walk into a room and you see 10 kids with their heads down on iPhones and you think where's the basic communication First of all, and being able to speak to someone and right. verbally have connections. Um, I have no idea what the education system is going to be like <laughs> in 10 years' time or what tools kids are going to be using because it is just so scary. Um, and I'm sure if you asked any 10-year-old in the street, then they would know a lot more about technology than I do. Right. Um, so I don't know is the answer to the question. But it's just technology <laughs> no, it's is great. moving at such a speed. Yeah. And the fact that young people, like I have a, a two-year-old and a five-year-old, and our five-year-old can obviously use my phone inside out, but our two-year-old child can also get on Peppa Pig. Wow. <laughs> Things on my phone, just thinking, you're two, you can't even put a sentence together yet. But you know how to go in to use my phone and use and know what my security code is. when You can't even read numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Sequences, and like, it's like yeah. Ender's Game all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Naveen? Like, is it you know? Do you do you find that like where you're finding technology and and certain really good thinking? You know, are we prepared for what you guys are able to provide and what kids are you know or younger generations are able to to learn through technology and, and things like that? Yeah, I, I'll answer that in two parts. Uh, the, the, you know, the first um, I'll go back to the collaboration Great. comment you made and. Um, 
uh, innovation cannot happen without collaboration. Not not in this world. Not where we are in this time. Uh, yeah. that, that's that's one part of it. And um, uh, and I'll, I'll give you an example. The um, the, the, the work that we do initially started off in hospitals, obviously caring for the very sick. And uh, we've seen technology uh, go through leaps and bounds where uh, all of a sudden, uh, 10 years ago, we never thought that you could sit in a car and you could have your blood pressure or your heart rate being monitored while you're driving. And uh, you, you couldn't have even imagined that there could be a console on the car that could uh, give you feedback uh, based on your emotional state. Uh, and all this is happening now. Right. So when you when we look at that innovation curve, uh, we we look at how that happens. And and to us, we consider ourselves to being a very innovative company in that we take things that are out there and make it better. Uh, so it's it's not so much as we are doing, uh, uh, we are inventing things from the ground up. Right. Uh, it's taking things and doing it better, obviously. And part of that requires a tremendous amount of collaboration. So earlier on, we started collaborating with hospitals, and today we collaborate with companies like Reebok. Uh, you know, we're doing wow. we're doing this concussion monitoring uh, study that involves using uh, uh, using headgear that would go underneath a helmet, and we have hockey teams and uh, football teams that are you know involved uh, and very actively looking to see how they can use uh, these sensors that are right. here on you know on this table here. I know you have. I know you have two part answer, but walk us <laughs> so, through some of this stuff that's on on the desk here. Yeah. Like what, what what am I looking at before? Because right yeah. now I feel a little nervous. So you're you're, you're looking <laughs> at a, a patch based type of a device, right? Right. You, you could uh, use electrodes, connect that, uh, connect this device. Man, touch this. And have, have that on it your chest. It looks like a regular man's watch. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's very personalized, and it can take your ECG. It can um, uh, it it can uh, check your uh, Posture, uh, your heart rate, your respiration rate, and it can connect via Bluetooth to other devices to capture your your blood pressure, everything from your oxygen levels, and so on. Wow. So that's one. Uh, this is another variation of a similar type of a, a device, but this is more of a patch. And as you can see, it's got sticky electrodes. So one's kind of harder, heavier plastic, exactly. and the other is a little more of a flat, but almost like paper. Like slush. a Band-Aid. Right? Okay, yeah. like a Band-Aid. Yeah. And, uh, and then you have something like this that a patient would wear on a, on, a, on a bedside type of an environment. Now, the, the trick here is that there's a common theme amongst all these three devices, and that's wireless. Huh. Uh, they're all communicating uh, via wireless, pushing these, sure. uh, this, this data onto our, what we call a cloud platform. So now, uh, doctors can be anywhere. So it's that care anywhere. Oh, a green light just came on here. Yeah. Here, Mordecai. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> now it's going to start beeping. So, so now, now I'll come to the education. Uh, sorry, this answer is taking a little bit. That's fine. No, no, this is great. So when you look at all of these, uh, and you know, when technology is going through these leaps and bounds, right? Uh, we we can't expect uh, everyone that's involved in the healthcare system or the technology. Uh, or even um, every uh, every bit of uh, the ecosystem that touches uh, healthcare, right? Right. Uh, so uh, very uh, very specifically, now let let's look at the clinician. You know, when when they start to see these pop up in their um, in, in in their bedside environment, 
they, they need to be educated. They need, they also need to go through learning of how this technology works, and mm-hmm. uh, and typically they they also need to be trained. Right now, as you go down that that chain, that food chain, and when you get to the nurse practitioner, or you get getting to the home health worker, or even to the patient, uh, everyone needs to be educated on how this technology works, what's good for them. And, and how to use these right. devices uh, responsibly and make sure that there's uh, no such thing as a patient safety issue that sprouts up that can cause uh, you know, great damage. Sure. So on the education side, uh, what we have been um, a somewhat successful, sort of not part of our core business, but it's turning out to be uh, so much so, is uh, uh, community colleges here in California have been using this system now for about a year. Uh, to train uh, students that are coming out of uh, uh, you know community college type programs, and what that means is you you don't have to go through this four year program, you don't have to be an MD, right. uh, but you can go through an immersive two day training session and be certified on how to use this type right. of technology. It's it's changed it's changed dramatically, and part of that uh, you know we attribute that to uh, a lot of the shifts that have happened uh, globally as well as right. uh, domestically. Uh, we we've been through one of the worst recessions, at least that I can imagine and think of that I've been through in my time. Uh, even though I've been through twice, <laughs> uh, this type of cycle twice in my lifetime. Right. You know, this this third one was the, was the worst. So part of uh, that 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 education uh, component that we want to deal with is how do we equip? How do we get the skills uh, uh, to to be adopted by this this new generation that yeah. can enter into the workforce? And, and do so much more rapidly than having to go through a huge amount of uh, uh, barriers uh, that, that they're seeing in this kind of an environment. Yeah, and a four-year I, education can cost a lot. I see a lot of those models changing. I mean, even on the filmmaking side, I, you know, I was the marketing director for the New York Film Academy for a while. And one of the things that you know, we offered was similar to what you're talking about, are like weekend workshops, two-week workshops. Or if you chose, you could do a two-year conservatory program and, and get your master's degree, you know, um, in some of your workshops, Joan, what are you know? Because what are some of the things that the filmmakers learn? Like, what's day one like? Because and, and what I like about what you said, Naveen, is the fact that you can go somewhere and have an intense, you know, an intensive session and walk away with valuable skills and not just like something on the surface. And I'm sure you know Mordecai just from like the consulting part of it. Like, you can walk a client through, you know, a particular concept and. To an extent, they get it, and then eventually you have to put it into practice. But what are some of the things that happen, you know, on the ground in the workshops, whether they're in Belfast or here? Or, you know, okay. I'd also be curious in this to find out what they bring to the table because you know, like you're talking about your children being so advanced with technology. You know, when I went into when I went to film school, I had never touched a camera before. I had seen large VHS camcorders, right. but I I didn't have that access. I didn't have computers that had editing software. So I'm sure, you know, it may not be the brilliant masterpieces to which you're bringing them to, but I feel like children are having getting more of an opportunity to bring a portfolio to the table sure. than ever before. Well, first of all, we work very closely with the New York Film Academy, and we had some of our students for that oh. on the Tuesday. Did I work so on that deal? Did I, was that me? There you go. Cue that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I just boosted my, my resume live on the, on the show. So. so to give you an example of our international film camps, we'll bring together young people from New York, L.A., Belfast, Dublin, and London together for a week. Um, they meet on Monday for the first time. Right. Um, they won't know anything about each other. And all they know is they're going to make a film in a week. 
and that film is then going to be premiered at our Cinemagic festivals around the world. So by lunchtime, they've all got to pitch an idea what the film should be about. So, of course, everyone wants their idea made because their idea is the best right. idea. Mm-hmm. But it they, just turns into a big brawl. So, no, no. <laughs> they all have to vote what they think is genuinely and the best idea. And how old are these idea. kids? Just so those guys are usually 16 to 19. Okay. But we, we do film camps for much younger as well. Sure. So by the end of day one, we've decided, the group has decided what is the best idea. Then day two, it's like, okay, who wants to produce? Who wants to direct? Of course, everyone thinks they want to be on camera or they want to direct. And um, then it's like, well, do you really know what a director does? Um, If you want to do sound, do you realize you want to stand and hold the boom all day? So it's really breaking it down. And then by day two, we'll have decided, okay, you're directing, you're producing. And somewhere that day, there will have been a group of young people who want to be the screenwriters. So they've got to go and put the story together. And then by Wednesday morning, we've got to be ready to shoot. So we've got to shoot Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday, we wrap. Right. And that is it. So we just use small little handheld cameras. But the young people have got to take complete responsibility for everything. So this film that we're screening this week in L.A. is called Punch, and it's 24 minutes long. So that film camp, those young people had to really work through that schedule, make sure they got 24 minutes on camera. Um, but as in what they bring to the table, a lot of these young people won't have any experience at all. They won't know the difference between a producer and a director. But they're just, they've got a smile on their face and they want to learn. And they know that they have, they have something within them. They're just burning to try and find out what it is. Right. That's awesome. Um, when I look at sort of another just common thread in both of your worlds is this idea of diversification, right? Yes. You have multiple programs, multiple countries. You have multiple, you know, tracks and devices, as, as we've just seen. Um, you know, how do you balance that out, right? Because it, you can very easily spread yourself thin over, you know, solving a particular medical problem or, ooh, now we want to do, I think you at one point you had uh, Cinemagic Music, right? Was there yes, a music track? Yes, well. You know, so you've got like these, and, but as leaders of organizations, at some point you have to go, no, we are focused here. Like, you know, how do you go about that decision-making process? Uh, it, it's a bit of a trial and error process. I think after you've done it a few times and failed at it, you, you sort of learn from your mistakes. Right. And uh, for us, it's been more of a, uh, a learning experience translated into uh, real-life experiences. Uh, right. So uh, what I mean by that is uh, we, we've been using this um, hub-and-spoke sort of strategy. Hub-and-spoke? Hub-and-spoke, right? So uh, it's it's a bi- uh, so heart failure is a big problem again coming back to the disease state right yes. so this is uh, the, this is uh, c- this consumes two thirds of the world's population right it's really? a huge problem right it's uh, in enormous cost uh, and uh, care for a heart failure patient whether it's in the U S whether it's in Sweden in the U K or if it's in the Middle East or Asia right. it's the same believe it or not so uh, the the work. But now I don't feel like a fat American anymore. <laughs> like just bridges the, the, it's, the it's, cultural gaps. It's a different diet, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sugars, fats. It's it's all it's all pretty much part of the diet. Right. Uh, so when when you look at this global problem and we look at trying to implement a solution to this problem, we try to normalize across these different regions. So part of the work that we did, uh, groundbreaking work, was um, uh, we took a lot of effort to run a clinical trial with uh, four different regions um, in, in three different continents, right? So part of that uh, is, is very, uh, very heavy. 
uh, yeah. in terms of investment, in terms of logistics. Uh, but it's very rewarding uh, when you actually succeed in pulling it off and you get real meaningful data to show that what you really were striving to do has some meaning to it. And now you can publish this in the form of like a scientific paper or, a, or, or in a journal sure. that shows that uh, the approach that you took really uh, is, is something innovative and it's really making an impact. And we were successful in doing that. Um, and, and part of that, as you said, uh, involves um, working very closely with our partners. And this would not have again happened without collaboration. Right. So during this whole process, we had large companies that were a part of our, I, I don't want to call out any specific company by name, but um, uh, we, we did have an enormous amount of support uh, from, the, from that perspective. Okay. Not to mention that the, the clinical uh, and the administrative uh, folks behind it and without the patients that were a part of this trial would never have happened. And they come from all walks of life. Yeah. Very diverse. That's awesome. How about you? I think it's very much <laughs> a trial and error as well. Um, innovation is everything. And I think any organization needs to constantly reposition itself, to change, to see what's good, um, assess what isn't working. Um, and I, but I think the difficult in the creative industry there's always so many good creative ideas and so many different ways you could take your organisation but so just ensuring it's aligned with your strategy and especially you know as ours is a charitable organisation it's ensuring that we can fund um, any strategic growth that we, we, we take on right. um, you know this year we're making a, a feature film and it's going to be Northern Ireland's first ever children's Christmas film oh, wow. and that's you know that's it's a bigger step for us and we've got some really amazing names attached to the project and everything but with that you know there's obviously raising the amount of money to go with it as well but that is aligned with our strategy it's aligned with our core objectives so um, it will challenge us but it, it's still keeping them the main focus of the organisation that's great uh, when you guys both mentioned innovation as part of that process, yes. you know, allowing yourself the room to innovate, but also still be be focused, yes. right? And it's it, it's a really gray area in terms of how far you're willing to go and trial and error. Um, I wanted to kind of segue with that into the Business Innovation Awards, um, especially in terms of Brit Week, and just I, I guess walking walk us through sort of what the experience was like because when i look at brit week it's a massive thing right there's there's art there's culture you know there's music there's technology there's healthcare there's filmmaking you know um but all sort of in this spirit of collaboration you know <laughs> across cultures um kind of walk us through the experience of you know being at the event and you know winning right age it's one thing to just be nominated and, and make it there and, and be honored for w the work that you've put in so far and then to actually walk away with you know i don't even know what the trophy is called but uh, <laughs> a golden britty i'm going to call it that from now well for us it's absolutely <laughs> incredible because you know taking it back to you know coming from belfast and with the idea of doing cinemagic in la right and new york and um we have a very small team. There's only seven in in our team. So we, we still do everything from Belfast. Right. So the fact that then we're able to, to build, build all these international partners, such as HBO, Henson's, Fox, Warner Brothers, right across all the studios, you know, was a huge boost in confidence, I suppose, for the charity. And then to find out we had been nominated for the award was just... I remember the day that we found out. I was screaming and screaming in the office. You know, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Finally, can it we get a scream from you now? Because yeah. I can't imagine this. Okay. <laughs> but it's starting to see all this, you know, this, this hard, work, hard work and this crazy idea and this... Um, 
you know, just sometimes you just kind of think, you know, is, is, is this definitely what we're supposed to be doing? Is, is this meant to be? Um, it was all starting to pay off. But even that night, whenever I was walking into, into the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills, I kept thinking, am I really at the right event? Did I get the right letter? Am I, is this a, <laughs> is this a joke? Me? Is this a joke? <laughs> and um, so that night, whenever we won, I can honestly tell you, I have never been so proud and so grateful and so thankful. And it just, you know, as I from a charity perspective it, it was just an incredible and a huge endorsement for the organisation and something we're very proud of very proud to be associated with Brit Week and the fantastic work that Sharon and Bob and all of the team do um, but you know for us it was I suppose that international recognition which yeah. is something you can How do you like that buy. Bob guy? I love Bob and Sharon <laughs> I love them both I'm their biggest fan and their second daughter And <laughs> my Naveen how do you like that Bob guy? I like You him. and I were talking earlier <laughs> tell me the truth <laughs> Uh, very similar feelings, by the way. Uh, it, it came uh, as, a, as a big surprise to us. Um, we were involved uh, at, at Brit Week through UKTI, the trade and investment yep. arm. And uh, we've been working with Fiona, uh, Francois's uh, team, um, and the consuls, um, uh, I guess, group. And um, uh, it was uh, the, the support that UKTI has been given us from a networking, from a collaboration standpoint has been fantastic. And uh, since the time that we started to, uh, we, we established our presence in the UK and uh, we're looking to do a clinical trial there with, uh, with a couple of hospitals in the UK, uh, that's when we, we uh, engaged with UKTI and right. uh, the arm in uh, London and Cambridge was, uh, was fantastic. They, they really helped us establish our, 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 our presence, the company registration and so on. And... Um, when it when it came to the innovation awards, um, uh, it, it was um, it was an email that was just sitting in our inbox, prompting us to uh, to apply. And I, I remember one of my team members in in Phoenix said, "Okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to do that." And uh, all of us got together and we just kind of, you know, right. put put it, put the application together. And the next thing we knew, we were the we were getting calls saying that we were we were one of the finalists. And there was no chance that we thought we would be uh, yeah. uh, we would be winners. Even right. sitting at the dinner table at this yeah, wonderful exactly. event, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was fantastic. And uh, I think we were first up. That right. our category was first up. And now uh, when they announced us, you know, we were just sitting there. I was just sitting there. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and you know, we when uh, Dan Barber Hay handed us the award, and we uh, well, we just walked out. We were still sort of in, uh, <laughs> surreal, right? Yeah. So uh, we we couldn't even speak. We were speechless. So, right. Um, uh, yeah. So it was it was a it was a great uh, great moment, and uh, I think it it really helped our business over the year. Right. Yeah. And it's given us some uh, great opportunities to to uh, to kind of build on. And it's not stopped there, so it's yeah. uh, it, it it keeps going. So. Isn't that weird though? I, I, it's it's funny. Like human nature is that you know, you I don't think either one of you expected to win. No, right? Absolutely. And and so I don't, I don't know. It's just a, an interesting thing that to to go that far. Where you look at a sports organization, right? Like it, it, there's they're a, there to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, just why is that? It, I, it, and I don't know. It's kind of an ethereal question, but. Well, for me, that's very easy because it was just a beyond ridiculous dream that, be, as I'm going back to, you know, we're a very small organisation. We didn't have a lot of funding. We didn't have someone open lots of doors for us until right. then. You know, say Sharon and Pierce has been amazing, but it it was just nearly so far fetched, and then it all started happening. So it was literally like 
it's better than graduating. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know I didn't graduate. No, I, I graduated. I'm okay. No, that's awesome. Um, so the show is called Innovation Crush. I hope you guys knew that when you. Yes, yeah. okay, yes, great. yes. Do you, how many episodes did you listen to? Uh, I Ooh. think I listened to three myself. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I think you got Mordecai beat. I don't think I'm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. It, 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 no one listens. Um, but uh, I wanted to find out from you guys what sort of innovations are you crushing on currently? Like, what do you see out in the marketplace, whether it's in your own industry or otherwise? You go, wow, that is pretty amazing. And I, I wish it would continue. And I can't wait to see what happens with it. I'm really thinking about this now. Hold on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it's a no pressure situation. So no, you know. Well, I'm actually really fascinated by your work and the huge advancements and in innovation there is in healthcare and being able to, to to diagnose things a lot quicker and to do so much more research. I think it's fascinating because the world I know nothing about. So right. I would be really blown away by the, the kind of stuff that you're doing. I, I'll I'll stick to my. Um, area <laughs> forte which is uh, our healthcare right um, the, the the big crush is going to be on uh, whole genome sequencing uh, what I mean by that is uh, it, it used to cost uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to to do a whole genome sequence uh, to to take an individual's DNA and, and sequence it uh, and what what it what's happened now is that through some uh, very innovative uh, approaches and how technology has, again, leapfrogged many generations, you could do that now for, for about $1,000 oh, wow. uh, at, at a very fast pace. And uh, what that can do now is uh, we get a lot of information, a lot of data from each individual of their, of their personal uh, health, and uh, including this genome data will, in, in the next, uh, I would imagine, five years, we would be able to predict some, um, uh, some very adverse type events that would take place in a, in a person's uh, uh, life as they, as they age. Right. For example, irregular heartbeat, you know, atrial fibrillation, predicting that before uh, they get a heart attack. Uh, you know, with a heart attack or a heart failure is one of these. <laughs> that's big. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's big. Big. Yeah. It's big. Yes. So predictive uh, modeling and predictive analysis, especially for diseases like uh, heart failure where there are no symptoms. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a clinician, so, right. uh, you know, part of what we do is to enable the, the right information to provide to a clinician, even if they could predict like an hour before an adverse event that's big and that's coming. Wow. Yeah. Right. Say that. That is, that is groundbreaking stuff. Well, I think maybe you should make a film about it. <laughs> sure. Have the kids yeah. make a, you know, and play around with some of the the tools that you guys have, and and really have make it an experiential opportunity out of it. Yeah, there won't be any props. That will be all real. So you can come to San nope. Diego anytime. That could be a document. It could we be could a, do that in the UK. A documentary there of you sorts. Go. I yeah. think that's good. Um, the 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 final thing here. Uh, this is for both of you, and Mordecai. You can you can participate in this one too. Uh, all of you individually can complete this phrase. Innovation to me is freedom to think big. I like that. Explain. Um, new barriers and the ability to think beyond your wildest dreams. So for something to be innovative, it's got to be groundbreaking and not been done before. So I think if you work in an environment where you have the freedom to, to try crazy things, to break barriers, to 
step three protocol and do all the things you're not allowed to do. Right. The so trial and error part of it. Yeah, all yep. of that. Then suddenly you see innovation at its best because you see someone who, who's free. Right. And I think you've got to be free and open to be able to be innovative. Who's next? <laughs> okay. Um, to me, innovation is more of a, it's tangible and it's kind of here now. And what I mean is it's, how's you guys are talking? It's to me, it's always about the audience. You know, anything we do, we're right. always referring to that. And I'm fascinated with the people who are getting their hands on the technology that you're putting out in the medical world, how they, you know, I have a friend who has the digital port for diabetes mm -hmm. and now what she can do with that, that knowledge is so fascinating for her. Right. And she can blog about it and she can talk about it and she can do all these things <laughs> that will just send that to the next world. And then to be able to know that I at 16 in Belfast can go to sure. LA, that's going to transform the way I create from that point forward. Right. Sure. And it's actually, it's not innovation so we can speak beyond what we're all doing, but that it's all possible. Very good. <laughs> We're all getting very. Now you got to. Now you have to. You have to top. No, you don't have to top that. Well, <laughs> yeah, those, those are tough acts uh, for sure. Uh, to us, innovation is improving quality of life. Right. Um, we we look at every individual's um, quality of life metric, and uh, our, our our fundamental thought process that goes pretty much into everything that we do on a daily basis is how do we improve people's quality of life. Uh, what can they do that can be better for them? Uh, what what can we do to empower them to to maintain their health, for example? Right. Uh, and again, it comes back to our health focus. And uh, uh, to to us, it's been uh, it's been a longstanding mission. And uh, I think uh, when when you start to see uh, people responding to that and uh, their lives improving as uh, in, in small uh, baby steps. Uh, it, it's uh, it's it's testimony to the fact that at least your your vision of innovation is actually uh, becoming fruitful. That's great. I've just channeled something. Um, if you two wouldn't mind giving each other one bit of advice for the other, <laughs> enjoy life and have a happy one. <laughs> <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, and all honestly, keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is is really improving people's lives, and it's it's amazing. It's fantastic. I, I think I uh, really admire the fact that your, you know, storytelling can't get any better. Yeah, it, it, it kind of goes back to that. A picture can, you know, uh, say a thousand words. Yes. So what you're doing in in motion or pictures, pictures, especially it's storytelling, it's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I I don't know what I can say. That's uh, no, just, I, you know I'm I'm all. You know, this is kind of like our first ever sort of mashup, right? We did one around the beginning of the year, which is kind of like a 2013 review of our previous episodes. And I'm always curious, like when people from disparately different disciplines yeah. come together, and you know, and I think when you're sort of you know, in the trenches doing what you do, you don't have an outside perspective, so true. you know, and it's, uh, you know, so I thought it was really interesting. And also like both of your stories are s similar to, to some degree in terms of the hurdles that you have to overcome and the way you think about problem solving differently than most people in your industries do. Um, and you're both award winners. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like this, this common human experience. Um, and so I, I want to thank you 
for being here. Uh, and you too, Mordecai. Thank you so much. Thank Namaste. you for your time. Pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Been a Thank pleasure. You. Thank oh, you. Oh, and lastly, how can people find you on the interwebs? And you know, so we are www.cinematic. C i n e m a g i c. dot org. dot uk. Aventine.com at Aventine on Twitter. Uh, Definitely follow us. How do you spell Aventine? A v e n t y n. Got it. All right. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much, um, everyone. This has been another episode of Innovation Crush, and we'll talk to you next time. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.